Welcome to the Victor Collins Sabre podcast. We pray the Holy Spirit will speak to you and stir you up as you listen to this anointed, transformative, and down-to-earth teaching by Bishop Collins. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Enjoy the message. God bless you. And you may be you may take your seats. This is the Shepherd House International, the church with direction for you. Shepherd House International, the church with direction for your life. I said a church with direction for your life. Hallelujah. You know, we are not used to um, people or others showing us the way. We are not used to that because we think we know everything. Even at a tender age, many children think they know everything. And so, it becomes a part of our society. And therefore, when you come to church, it is difficult to be led by the church. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is difficult for the pastor to tell you to do something for you to accept it and do it. Because you can't even imagine how a man who doesn't live in the house with you, who is just stuck on the stage, just one or two hours every Sunday, is actually trying to influence you. It's too much for you. It's too difficult for you to handle. But it's God who's trying to lead you. It's God who's trying to guide you. So this is a church with direction for your life. I said this is a church with direction for your life. And many who have not gone the direction have regretted. Somebody was messaging me the other day. I read and I didn't respond. I read and I didn't respond. I read and I didn't respond. And then the person kept sending messages. I read and I didn't respond. But one of the messages I read, the person was saying that you are irreplaceable in my life. And I will tell Anybody who leaves the church, who wants to leave the church, it's a bad idea. You don't want to get to that place to think about it. You don't want to get to that place to, to tell me that. I know that. There's another somebody sees you and says, Oh, you look very nice. Of course, I looked in the mirror. What do you think? I see if you don't look into the mirror, you don't believe it. Then when somebody says that oh, you are nice, oh thank you. Oh, thanks. Like you don't know how you look. You don't have a mirror. Okay, I'll buy you a mirror, please, after church. <laughs> Use your phone camera. Pastor Calvin said that. Use your phone camera and look at your face. <laughs> That's another idea if you don't have a mirror. <laughs> yeah. The person will say, you are irreplaceable. I said, uh-huh. now you are telling me that. So I said, I said, you... You have not even been a Christian since you joined the church. You are not a Christian. 
and all the things that God gave you, the opportunities and privileges, you, you made foolishness out of them. I said, that is why you are where you are today. And unless God helps you, me, Victor Collins, I, said, I cannot help you. Unless God helps you, me, I cannot help you. I'm not God. Don't come and tell me you need my help. I am not God. Because when God showed you the place, you didn't respect the things. You see, don't, don't wait until one day you are locked up somewhere. And this happens to people who come to church for a long time. They're not the new. The new ones, they, they, they are very ignorant. They don't understand anything. It is those who have been around for, for years. Who at a point feel like this is not going anywhere. You see, anytime the church is not a, an exciting place for you, it's because you are idle. That's why. I said, anytime the church is not an exciting place for you to come, it is because you are idle in the church. That's why. Idle people in the church feel very bored and wants to go home now. I, I'm tired. I want to sleep. I'm going to go home. It is people who don't have anything to do in the church. And having something to do in the church is not something that the, the pastor has given to you or the bishop has given to you. Something that your heart compels you to do. You see, when you do things that is not from your heart, you, 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 you don't do them well. The things you do and you enjoy are the things that come from your heart. So when you wait for the bishop to say, oh, go and look for somebody who didn't come to church. Go and pray. Go and do this. You see that you find as somebody trying to even control your life. That is why you should really check your heart whether you, have, you, you really believe in Jesus. You should really check your heart whether you love God and whether you believe in Jesus Christ. You should really check it. Don't let anybody do it for you. You check it yourself. Yeah, those who don't appreciate the things, one day you'll be somewhere and then you message me and say that you are irreplaceable. Am I God? The little that God showed you, now you see that it's, it's very precious. And I'm saying this for those who are close, those who come around for years, this, that, that, that. You see that when you lose your position, it's not very nice at all. Hallelujah. No, this is my opening statement, and I find it very interesting. Yeah, you should position people well, right? It's not good to sit at the back of a church. It's never good. Because when you come, you don't hear anything for almost like the one hour that I'm going to be on stage. I mean, there's no, there's no. You know if you come again because you didn't, you didn't follow. And the devil likes that. The devil doesn't want you to come again. Hmm. Amen. Are you with me? So I'm saying that we don't like people to direct us. But God comes into your life and directs your life. And then people might easily say, you stupidity. But even the man who say he like you. I should stand right here. <laughs> you say no. <laughs> even the man who say he likes you. Ah. You say, let's go here. You say, raise your leg. You say, raise your hand. And you do. You say, bend down. And then you bend down. You say, bring your tongue. And you, bring, you pull out your tongue. And you bite your tongue. He said, that's what love is. <laughs> and you, you do it willingly. He said, he said, my saliva, take, um, swallow my saliva, put my saliva in your mouth. With a smile, you do it. Willingly. <laughs> Oh, you've forgotten that it's saliva. You've forgotten that. It's saliva. 
Sheriff, you forgot your it's saliva. Now we are saying saliva, it looks like some. But you, you, you close your eyes and you do it. You do it, you close your eyes. You know when you eat something that's nice and. And your mother doesn't know that that's what you're doing. <laughs> your father neither. Are you with me? So we, we have to we have to open up ourselves to adapt to the Bible way of life. You get it? It's, it's, it's def- church is definitely supposed to change you. You're supposed to be doing things that you don't know you have not been doing before. Things that you even don't like. Those are the things that you're supposed to be doing. Slade, are you there? Yeah, you're fancy uh, a polo shirt. <laughs> When you come to church, church is supposed to take you on a different tangent. Caesar. Shaquille? Is it Shaquille? Your name is Shaquille. Okay. Shabro didn't like it. That's why he's sitting at the back. He doesn't like no direction in his life. So you'll be there. Yeah, you'll be there. You'll be there until you rot. I'm telling you. There's no need, there's no purpose in coming to church and not wanting to adapt and to change. That, that is not done in the church of God. You, you rot. You know what rotting is? You decompose right there in your life. You see. You see how you have wasted your time throughout the years coming to church because you never wanted a change in your life and God cannot come into your life and you don't change. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. You see, when, when somebody told me that a pastor says that he doesn't like my philosophy about women, that's when I realized that pastors don't even read their Bibles. You understand? Because I don't have a philosophy. It's a Bible I read and it's a Bible I, pe- I speak about. So when you tell me that you don't like my philosophy on women and you're a pastor... And it means you don't read your Bible because the Bible, you should look at the Bible. Many women in the Bible were bad women. It's only a few women in the Bible that were good. That is why Solomon said, a virtuous woman who can find in Proverbs, he dedicated a whole chapter to women because it's only sheer bad women you see in the Bible. It starts from Eve, the mother of all evil. Mention the name of a woman in the Bible who God said, oh, I love this woman. Please mention one to me. Can you? Will somebody do that? Eh? Don't, don't, don't go. New Testament, there are not even women inside. There's no women in New Testament. Eh? Let's take when God did them. Do you know of a woman? How many good women? Do you know of a bad woman? Delilah. Delilah. Oh. <laughs> yes. Jezebel. You hear more of bad women than good women. Do you understand it? So if you marry a, a Guyanese woman 
and you love her. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but she's also a woman like that in the Bible. No matter how good she looks, she's a woman still. A woman, a woman will always be a woman. That's why the apostle said it was a woman who was deceived. Not a man. This morning, I'm preaching about all dead people are alive. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. All dead people are alive. All dead people are alive. Anybody you know who is dead, he's not dead, he's alive. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. All dead people are alive. Many people think that when people die, that is the end of life. Chedi Jagan is not dead. Ata Chong is not dead. Forbes Burnham is not dead. Janet Jagan is not dead. Who else? Desmond Hoyt is not dead. All dead people are alive. Any and everybody who you think is dead is still alive. Your grandmother whose body is in Georgetown, close to Mount East La Penitence, in the flood, who you think is dead? Your grandmother is not dead. She's alive. All dead people, anybody you know who has died, Madam, uh, is it Mother Teresa? She's alive. My father is alive. Mr. Smith is still alive. Anybody you know who died is not dead. Don't believe it. In fact, Billy Graham said something. He said that one day when you hear that I'm dead, don't believe them. I have only changed my address. <laughs> it's, not, it's not beautiful. Because for a Christian... Death is, is one of the beautiful things that happens to you. Because you are given now the opportunity to move out of this dark and evil world into heaven where God has prepared for you and I. So a Christian does not die and say, I'm dead. And you, no, 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 no. In fact, the Bible says, Blessed are those who are dead in Christ. But you see how we look at things as, as, as human beings. When anybody dies, we are so sad. Look, you see, when people die, you should think about yourself. Solomon said it. Hey, Makai, are you here? Well, it's good to see you. Man, I like you bad, you know. <laughs> nice. Solomon said it is better to go to a funeral than to go to a party. But people like to go to party than funeral. Why? Because when you go to party, you get some little chana. You get some little rice. You get a little high wine. You get a little dancing. You go, you 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 brace, you brace somebody, you brace something, somebody like you brace. Some people are very happy with bracing. They love it. Once they brace, they're good. 
And when I'm smiling, you understand what I'm saying? Because when you go to party, it makes you think that this thing is forever. But when you go to a funeral, you see that person lying down, you see that this is where you are also going to go. One day, you are going to lie down and flies will come and sit on your lip. That nice red lipstick on your lip. One day when you die, fly will come and sit on it like that. You can't raise your hand and say, your relatives, somebody will stand, one of your relatives will stand at your, your, the, 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 next to your, your, your coffin and they will take a little uh, uh, kerchief and when the flies are coming, they will rather drive the flies away for you. You will be lying down enjoying your sleep if you are enjoying. There is no dead person who is dead. There's nobody who is dead who is dead. If anybody tells you that somebody died and they are dead, read them. If somebody died and they are dead, don't believe them. Jalon, don't believe it. Why? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. Are you there? I think I should bring my puppet here. Because those they are used to me already. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Do I have it? Just as each, just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment either just as people are des- people's destination people's lot people's purpose your your as you live here it is an appointment give me the king james it is an appointment that everybody will die and the bible says that after the death is judgment now ask yourself, how do you judge somebody who is dead already? If it is appointed unto men to die once, you are not a cat. You don't have two lives or three lives. You have one life. The Bible says it is an appointment. You will die. And after death, there is going to be judgment. So the question is, why do we think that when people die, they are dead? When they actually have to rise, how, how, how do you judge somebody? That person has to appear before you. <laughs> My brother, isn't it? If, if, if you, you have to be, you have a case in court, that particular day, you have to get up, dress up like how you dress up nicely like this, and you have to appear before the magistrate. Isn't it? Correct. Correct. Now, when you go before the magistrate, then the magistrate now will call your case and then charge you. If you are guilty, you are guilty. If you are innocent, you are innocent. And so God also is a judge. He's the greatest of all judges. Everything we do here on earth, we mimic who God is. We try to do the things that God is. To have a court to punish bad people, It is a bit of God that we have that we want to tell people who are bad that you don't deserve to be walking around. You have to be put into jail. It is a bit of God that we are exhibiting there. But you even think about it. If you and I think that somebody is not good enough but they deserve jail, what do you think God thinks about us? It's when you're a magistrate and you put people behind jail, behind bars. You also have to think about yourself. What God thinks about you. Because he's the greatest magistrate. 
So, the day that if you have a court case, you appear before the magistrate, that day is also the day you die. Because when you die, you appear before the greatest magistrate, who is God. Now, he's going to judge you. Because the Bible says that he will condemn those who believe in Jesus and will not condemn those who did. So, one day, at your 70th, whatever, 75th, 84, 85, 64, whichever day you die, you are not dying. You are going to court. But the court is not a, an earthly court. That's why we can't follow you to court. No matter how we can go to Judge Star and say, we want to support you with your case. This case, it is between you and the God of heaven who created you. Nobody can go with you. Nobody can go with you. No matter the, the amount of people who love you. And, and it's very interesting how when big people, people who are of a certain importance, people who are successful in this world, when they die, their funerals are so big. It, it's, 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 it's sad. Because all those people cannot go into the courthouse with you. You have to appear before God yourself alone. And so the day you die, it's not a day that you have that. You've actually that's a, that's your court date. And so we cannot say here on earth that you are dead. No, you can't say that. He's going to court. Oh, why are you saying he's going to court? Because that's what is happening. The Bible said it is an appointment to men to die once. And after, not before, after the person is dead, then there's a court appearance. Alexis will appear before God in a court. Alone. No mommy, no daddy, no siblings. Niger can't come and bail you out. You can only do that here. Not there. So you have to make sure that you live your life in a way that when you appear in court, when you look around, you see Satan on your left. You see on your right, you see Jesus. And when you look straight, you see the judge of all judges sitting on his throne. And the angels of God as witness. That's why the Bible says that since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Hebrews chapter 11, isn't it? Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us, wherefore, see we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. When you go to court, there will be witnesses there, but not people from earth. Jesus will be on the right, Satan will be on the left, and God will be sitting now. And he will call you. An angel will call your case. Showing Doris. The day they call your name in court, even if you are in an airplane, you will give up the ghost. The day they call your name, even if you are driving, the car has to go. You have to leave. Your court date is a date you cannot miss. It is not possible for you to miss your court date. You can't say next week. You can't say, lawyer, please, can you go to court and tell the magistrate that I have an important appointment, I can't make it today. Your lawyer is already there. You are the one we are waiting for. 
And then when you appear before the judgment seat, then Satan will bring his case because he is the accuser of the brethren. He's the prosecutor. He will say, well, um, your, your honor, your majesty, this is uh, what? John Doe. He came from the earth. He has appeared before you. I, 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 I put to you that he should go to hell. Then Jesus will, Jesus will take his turn. And so God will say, Oh, right, defense attorney, Jesus. What do you say? Then Jesus will come and say, Your Honor, um, unfortunately, I will have to agree with the prosecutor because I went to the earth. You sent me to the earth to teach and to preach and, and, and allowed all my workings and my deeds to be recorded in the form of a Bible. I died, I died to save him from his things. But he never believed in me. It was my blood that would have spoken for him today here. But he never believed in me. He never accepted me. And so my blood cannot speak for him like Abel's blood spoke. So, your majesty, it's so sad for me to make such a statement. But the prosecutor is right. Then... The demons will say, <laughs> Welcome home. They drag you out. I remember the day I was in court after a minor accident. And I told, I agreed, I told the magistrate that I am guilty. They put handcuffs on me. They put me into a dark room. Judge some magistrate court for dark room. If here on earth they can shackle you and put you in darkness, I said, if here on earth they can put handcuffs of you and put you in a dark room, you sit down and say there's no hell. You sit down and say there's no hell. You sit down and say there's no judgment. Just continue what you're doing. Dark room, right here in Georgia. I've never experienced that in my life, ever, ever. I was handcuffed because I said I'm guilty. There's no defense. There's no defense. Jesus will not defend you if you don't, if you're not Jesus' child, if you have not believed in Jesus, if you have not accepted him. Jesus cannot speak for you. I didn't have a defense. I did not have a defense. Without defense, I was handcuffed. Even, I've been married for 20-something years. I've never handcuffed my wife to the bed before. My wife has never handcuffed me to the bed before. Now maybe I should try it and see how it is to be handcuffed. <laughs> maybe I should try it. <laughs> maybe we should arrest ourselves in the room. No bill. Maybe I should try that one day and see. I'm sure some of you have done that before. Your face, you're looking at me. I'm sure you've done that before. <laughs> you've been arrested many times. They'll lash you. You said you don't want to be arrested. They'll lash you. <laughs> somebody I know should get ready. They handcuffed me. I was so surprised because I thought that 
I had, I, of course, it was my fault because I was taking my girls to school then. And I think it was Lois who pointed to something. And so I took my attention off the steering wheel and I looked on the side. Not when the guy in front of me had stopped. New Guyana school. The guy says, no, 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 police station. Oh, so as a police officer, the directing traffic, he called me. So they came, they took us to East Lapinitas police station. The police officer said, but told the other party, he said, oh, but this is just the rear bumper. If you just knock it out, you know everything, just some little, the, the, the guy and his, they were two young people of a fair complexion. They said, God, I took notice of that number. It was a RAM. I think it was a PMM23 or so. I remember that number plate. So court date came. I said, ah, I can't stay. Court? Who, who stays away from court? Do you have, a, have you had a court date that you didn't go before? No, you're, you're even compounding the problem. So I appeared in court. I was surprised that the people who were complaining that we should go to court, they never came. That was my first surprise. I said, oh, so then I could have actually stayed home. <laughs> so, fine, I'm a Christian. Magistrate, some nice Indian magistrate, young lady. I didn't get her name. He said, the, the prosecutor, police prosecutor, read the case. Then she asked me, quick, guilty or not guilty? I said, oh, I mean, this one. <laughs> I'm guilty. I, I, I did it. I, 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 I'm a Christian. He said, okay, 20,000. Good. Then they call somebody else. Oh, not even five minutes. You see, when you die, it's not only you who is there though. A lot, as you die in Guyana, people are dying in Brazil, people are dying in Canada, people are dying in America. You all be in the court at the same time. So, case after case. Quick, 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 two minutes because there's no defense. You are guilty and there's no defense. After the next case, then the police officer, because I think they only have one handcuff. So, in lock me hand like that, lock me hand to the other guy and say, Come on. Prince, hey. as I'm saying it, it's so real. They put me in a dark room. And if it wasn't because mommy knew I was going there, and I think I told her to bring money or whatever, when they were putting me in the dark room, that's when she was entering the compound. Hey! When you die, may Jesus be there to defend you, I tell you. <laughs> so I stayed in the dark room for about just about 10 minutes because she has to go and join the line and pay the bill or the fine. And then I heard my name, Collins as Asbury. Collins Asbury. <laughs> raspberry, raspberry. <laughs> hey, the room was dark. Can you imagine? Have you heard stories of people saying hell is a very dark place? Have you heard that? In fact, they say that hell is down, 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 down here, down. Because God is up. So if you're going to hell, you can't go up. You have to go down. The opposite of up is down. The opposite of heaven is hell. 
you can't, it's just after a few minutes that your eyes will accommodate in the darkness to see that there are people around. Otherwise, you think that you are there alone. So uh, somebody's trying to even put their hand around your head and uh, touch your bum. See around. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> All dead people are alive. And they called my name and I came out. I, I was shocked. It was like a little 10, 15 minute experience. But I was very surprised. Your court date is coming. You can't, this is not a court you can miss. You see, one day Sharon was telling me about cases where people's jacket can get missing. You know jacket? You know jacket? Me, I don't know jacket though. Because I don't know how them fancy fancy things. I don't know court. I don't know police car. I don't know how them things. He was telling of a case where the, the people went to the court and the jacket was, didn't come to court. Uh, you see, this court, you're, you're already waiting for you. <laughs> and nobody can move it. Do you know there are two books in heaven? There are two main books in heaven. The first book is the Lamb's Book of Life. Where everybody who has given their hearts to Jesus and have lived by faith in Jesus Christ, their names are inside. So when you appear before God and the devil is trying to say, oh, this person, this, 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 we can sing, look at him, he's somewhere, he's a bus driver, he drives a fancy bus, so he thinks he's something, he deserves to go to hell, he comes to church when he feels like, what do you think? And Jesus will say, your honor, may I? He said, yes. He said, he opens the book. He said, your honor, According to my records, there's a sing Regan who lives in West Ramelt. He's a bus driver. His bus is green with football on it. His name is right here. Page one million and four. The first name. And the judge will say, Satan, get you behind me. <laughs> His name is in the book of life. Case story done. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. But if they mention your name, and then they open a the book, then the name starts with S. And all the S is not, not S, S, K, O, whatever. It starts with S. <laughs> and when they look at all the S's, your name is not there. Jesus will close down, will close the book. And said, Your Honor, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, witness, I, ca- I can't find the accused, his name in the book of life. And so I rest my case. Then the judge will say, All right, Satan, I know you like them so goodness. Take him away. There are two books the Lamb's Book of Life, and there's a second book, it's called the Book of Works. Everybody's works are recorded in that book. So when you appear in heaven and your name is in the book of life, then you go to the second assessment. Which is, okay, so your name is here. So what did you do? How many people did you preach to? How many people did you uh, uh, treat nice? 
How many people do you treat kind? And then from that assessment or that, that judgment, you get a reward or not. So there are people who are going to go to heaven without reward. And there are people who are going to go to heaven with rewards and with crowns. Yeah. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. He said, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books, not book, books were opened. There's more than one book. So when you make it into the book of life, you also have to press and make it into the book of works. Because out of that, he said, those things, the, the, the dead were judged out of those things. The dead, the people die, so why, why are you judging people who are dead? Because dead people are not dead. We call them dead, but they are not dead. They are alive. They were judged from the books according to what they had done. Works. You prove what you have done with the Jesus that you said you believed in. That's why our church believes in you must be a shepherd, you must be a pastor, you must start a branch, you must do some basenta, you must do some home sale, you must do some church in the house, you must come for prayer. Those things will be recorded against your name in the book of works. Well, everybody who is dead is alive because judgment is going to take place. Let me give you one scripture and then we'll close. Finish my job. It's time. My time is already up. Hmm. James chapter 4. Verse 14. All dead people are alive. Because they must appear before God. <laughs> you must appear before God. James chapter 4. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. You know why the other people are alive? Because your life is like a vapor. A vapor is here and it disappears or it's gone. It doesn't mean like it doesn't exist anymore. Are you following? Bring the King James. Uh, King, King James. Well, as you know, not what shall be on the morrow for. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes. Something that vanishes is not the same as something that does not exist anymore. Do you understand the logic? If something vanishes, it does not mean that it is no, it's no, it's no more. It has just vanished. It has just gone out of your view. But you can't say it doesn't exist anymore. That is why People die and they are not dead. They are still alive. I've given you two scriptures. If you meet somebody on the road, you want to talk to them about heaven, you can give them this scripture. Number one, you die and you must be judged. So you have to appear. <laughs> and if you have not been to God, 
you can use my, my story and tell them that it was you. No, you say, tell them that you had a car somewhere. You went, tell them the whole story and say it's you. Then number two, our life is like a vapor that appears and then disappears. It appears. It means that vapor exists. You can't say that, oh, vapor does not exist. The fact that you are not seeing vapor doesn't mean that vapor does not exist. Vapor is something that appears and disappears, but it exists all the time. Our lives are also like that. 50 years, 60 years, 20-something years, you appear, you show up, and then you are no more. But it doesn't mean that you don't exist anymore. You are just out of sight. You are out of mind, but you are not out of the sight of God. The Bible says that when you die, the earth, the, the mud or the, the earth, um, the, what? Dust thou art, and unto dust shall thou return. It says that when you, you return to dust, then your spirit will go to God who created it. Goes back there. So, what's going to happen to you on your court day? Are you ready? Is there a case against you or not? The first book is the book of life. You survive that book. If you survive that book, it means that your life is going to be a little better. At least without reward, it's better than not surviving. So the first book is your name in that book. When you appear before God in court, Will you be found guilty or you'll be found innocent? Stand to your feet. Every eye closed, every head bowed. God is asking you a question. On that day when you are stand before him, is there a case against you or not? Would there be a case against you on the day when you die and appear before God when you show up in court? Will there be a case against you or not? Will the devil win the case or Jesus will win the case? If you're here this afternoon and you know deep down your heart that if you appear before God right now, you lose your case if you know that if you know that but you need to correct it before that court date comes all you have to do today is just to surrender all and say Jesus I surrender all I commit myself to you I surrender I am a sinner forgive me of my sins I don't want to appear before the greatest courtroom and to have Jesus not able defend me. You want to say this afternoon, Lord, save my soul. Help me. I want to give my all, my whole heart to you. If you're here like that, I want to pray with you. All I, all I need you to do is just lift up your right hand. The bishop, if I appear before the court of God right now, I'll lose my case. God wants to change that. He wants to change that. If you are here like that, you know you lose that case. But you want God to sort you out right now so that should you appear before that court that you have a good defense and you'll be acquitted. Bishop, please. 
my right hand is up. Pray with me. I need salvation. God bless you. I need salvation. I need God. Yes. Just your right hand. Bishop, it's me. I, I need God. I need to settle the score with God here. I don't want to die and go and face that judgment. Your right hand. Please pray with me, Bishop. Just your right hand up high so I can see and I'll pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. Now, if you lift up your hand, God bless you. I see all those hands. Beautiful people. If you lift up your hand, I want to ask you to come to me. Come, let me pray for you. The lady and the gentleman, my brother, in the cross around him. Come, sir. Come, come. Come for them as they come. God bless you. God bless you. Come. Come. Come to Jesus. Oh, clap for them. Clap for them. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. It's too high. Too high. That's right. Oh, come. Come to Jesus. Clap for them as they come. God bless you. 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 Wow. Now he is only himself. Whosoever believes. It's not too late. It's not too late to come to God right now. If it's just you, I'll wait for you. You want to come? Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. A lot of young people, wonderful people, nice people. Yeah, say, you know what? I don't want to face God in court and then not have anything to say for him to defend me. Come. The gentlemen are coming. Come for them. Whosoever believes. Oh, God bless you. Bless you, they shall God bless you. God bless you. Oh, there's a young lady coming. Come on, somebody. Oh, put your hands together for them. So God bless you. Bible says, remember your creator when you are even younger. Whosoever, whosoever. You want to come? Please come quickly. Come quickly. God bless you. Clap for the young lady. Clap for her. Oh, clap. Oh, clap. When people want to give their life to Jesus, clap. Clap for them. That's a good step. That's an important step. God bless you. Wow. God bless you. You know what? It's, it's a very important thing for even the younger folks. Because we, we have, our, our, our history has so many bad things. They are just starting, isn't it? So it's better that the, the, the case that the devil has against them is a little bit. Me and you, oh Lord, we've done enough things. Now, if you look, thank you. If you look at my, my brother here, hey, how old are you, sir? 60. Can you imagine 60 years of bad things as against how old are you 12 years 
I mean, this is five times. 12, 5, 60. Ah, Basman is coming. Oh, please. God bless you. That way. Oh, clap for him. Finally, Bossman said he will come. Wow. What are you carrying on your head? You okay? Is it not too heavy? You know, this one too. Is it it's okay? You got money inside? Stash. All right, all right. Make sure that you go ahead to have the stash. So I'm saying that as much as the older folks need God, the younger ones, you need God even more because you have not seen anything yet. I'm glad you came forward to give your life to Christ. Oh, put your hands together for them. Hallelujah. Nice people. Young boys. Young girls. No, you don't look like a young. You are not like them 12, 12 year old. Amen. What's the name again? Joel. I went to uh, bring Joel to church. Major, is it who brought Joel? Who brought Joel? I want to do your work for you. Joel said he was coming to church with me three Sundays ago. And his grandfather took him to work on a Sunday morning. I went to call somebody else. By the time I came back, grandfather put you on a counter and they gone to work. Sunday morning. What a grandfather. I'm glad you made it. Because you were not available. So I said, okay, let me go to uh, uh, Larry Trait and Two Flocked. Because those were your places. At least let me step in. And I'm glad that Joel is here. Wow. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. So it's a very simple thing we're doing. It's a prayer you need to pray. And I'm going to lead you in that prayer. That prayer changes your life. We always, we always compare it to when you come to the altar. When you come to the altar with, uh, are you... As your husband and wife. Wow. How did you become husband and wife? At the altar. Or at the, wherever. Or you have not done that yet. You've not done that yet. So you should, you should, you should come and I will do it for you. To be proper husband and wife. Because otherwise that one to God is also watching. You know, he's watching. And you know it. You know what I'm talking about. You're enjoying something you've not asked God for. Huh? So I can do it for you. Easy. Free. You don't have to pay no money. I can do it for you. Okay. So you, you gotta get that. Uh, and then you can nicely. You can bring this. Ah, this looks like a wedding dress, man. And he already dress up for the wedding. Ah, he has just buttoned the top here and here, right? You get you your marriage is when we say that you are married, it is when you make vows. You and the woman will say that, I take you as my wife. She also say that. And then the priest will say, now I pronounce you. So it is words you say that takes you from a, a bachelor to become a husband. In the same way, it is words that is going to change your case. The moment you pray, this prayer is a very simple prayer. You move from somebody who would have lost a case in the court of heaven to somebody who is a winner and we've already won the case because of the blood of Jesus. Are you not excited about that? Ah. Hallelujah. So close your hands, lift up your two hands. If you're here in front, lift up your two hands. All that it means is that you are saying, Lord, I surrender. 
I surrender. God needs you to, God needs to know you are surrendering to him before he can step into your case. And I want you to pray this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. Church, join in as we pray this prayer together. Say with me, Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me with the blood of Jesus. I believe with all my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe God raised Jesus from the dead. I believe Jesus is alive. And so I open my heart and I invite Jesus Christ to come into my life, to come into my heart, to be my Lord and my Savior. From today, I believe that by this prayer, my life has changed. My case is a good case. I have a defense in the court of God because my sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus and I am free. He who the Son says free is free indeed. Thank you, Father, for writing my name in the book of life. I promise that I will serve you, God. I will walk with you, O God, and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Father, I pray for everyone who came forward, such wonderful souls, young and old, male and female. I commit all of them into your hands. Let them not be lost. Let them not be lost. Oh God, we cannot do it by ourselves except the Lord build a house, the labor in vain them that build it. It is your covering, it's your mighty hand that will help these ones to continue to walk in this confession they have made today. To walk in faith. The Bible said, the just shall live by faith. Let these ones live by the faith they have confessed today. Let them one day stand before you with their cases prepared and already acquitted of any guilt. I pray your mighty hand rest upon their lives. The younger ones, oh God, rest upon their lives. Carry them through life. They are young. They don't know anything, Lord. Dangerous and evil awaits them. I pray your mighty hand rest upon their lives and navigate them through the evils of life. The older ones, the few years that we have and, and they have, I pray that it will be relevant. It will be a relevant life. It will be a life that will please you. A life that will live to catch up for the years that we've lost, oh God. Above it all, help these ones and let them stay on track for your name's sake. I give you praise and I give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. And somebody said, Amen. For booking and more information on the ministry of Victor Collins, please call us on 592-691-5301 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com God richly bless you.